All right, welcome back to Marsh Minutes. Uh, this week, my guest is Anna Kramer Roger, uh, also known as Ember Belladonna. She is a, a flutist. Uh, I don't know if I said that correctly. Um, flutist. Flutist. Okay, so she's a flutist, <laughs> uh, a sound designer, a musician uh, who does session work and also has her own uh, stuff going under the name Amber Belladonna, as I said before. So uh, we're going to talk to her about music, promoting herself. Thank you, Emma, for being on. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Uh, so I guess the first thing I want to talk about is maybe if you tell me like your aptitudes as a musician and where you know we can base any other stuff off of that. So uh, what do you do musician-wise? What are you good at? What makes you unique? Yeah, so first and foremost, I am a flute player. I have played flute since I was nine years old. So that was kind of what got me into music. I was put into music lessons as a very young child. And that was kind of the instrument that carried me through like high school, university. I studied music. So so was really, really focused on the flute for a long time. And then shortly after university started branching out into a little bit more like composing, sound design, things like that, learning to record myself, learning to record my own music, write my own music, produce my own music, uh, things like that. And so I, I was very interested in both creating soundtracks as well as solo music. So that's kind of where I've been dividing a lot of my time on my music projects is focusing on solo music, session work, as well as a, a bit of composing and soundtrack work as well. Well, so you say session work, um, you get hired on to do specific parts of songs or soundtracks or whatever that might be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So a composer comes to me and says, I need a live flute recording for this. Uh, they'll send me some music. Sometimes they get me to write the part, depending on how familiar they are with the instrument. Uh, so I've been working on music for everything from like video game soundtracks, orchestral albums, doing melodic tracks for metal bands like it's it's been all over the place it's been a lot of fun that's awesome and and you're able to do that like from home now you have a, a good enough setup and um, enough aptitude in terms of like producing to be able to send quality stuff back to them yeah yeah you bet like I I've um in terms of session recording I've never been in a situation where I have to edit stuff I usually just send them raw files um I make sure my part is edited so if like there i did a couple takes or something i i make sure that's done and that part's edited um but in terms of any processing mastering or anything like that i just send them the raw file as long as it's um you know recorded in like a, a good quality sound environment for what they need they're able to add their own reverb mixing everything like that in on the other end so so most of the time it's just the ability to have like a quiet and soundproof room and a good microphone so how how common is that now and is that like a recent thing where people are able to and like technology computers um consumer grade stuff is good enough to be able to just record anywhere yeah i mean like i i've been really interested in the world of session work for a couple years so like i bought my equipment that i'm still using today about four years ago or so so you know, it's it's not super new, but I, I think especially in the last year, a lot of people have started branching out into how to record their own music just as a, as a way to get by. But so I, I think it's it's definitely become 
a lot more popular in the last year since um i wonder why that is yeah since composers <laughs> can't get a full band or orchestra together in a room it's uh it makes it a lot more accessible to have musicians who are able to record things on their own and um like it it you know if you're on a budget too it'll save the composer some um some studio time money yeah, as well absolutely um you well you said you kind of taught yourself how to uh, produce and i did the same thing too when i was doing more music uh you know like grabbing a macbook and sitting around on garage band and uh one thing they always had was the library of sounds and you're just like, oh, why would you ever need a session musician? And then you look at like specifically the woodwinds or any stuff like that that have like the finer details. And you're like, oh, oh, this doesn't sound anything like this at all. Like this is <laughs> awful. Yeah, yeah. Like if if you're if you're playing around with like synths and stuff, things like Logic and GarageBand are awesome. They've got everything you could need and for a long, long ways. Uh, but yeah, once 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 you get into um, you know, realistic instruments, replicating that on a computer is really hard. Do you, uh, do you ever have anyone kind of send you, uh, like produced flute, uh, parts that they want you to replicate? Is that something that would happen? Um, like the, the most I get is someone has done like a kind of 75% there, um, like, vst kind of recording thing so like they they put it in logic or garage band or something like that just just to kind of send across an idea of like the articulations the dynamics how it fits in the rest of the piece um but for the most part people are are quite willing to just kind of hand it over to me and let me as, as long as i can kind of hear how it fits in with the bigger piece most of the time they're quite willing to just hand it over to me and let me do my own interpretation of that. I think that's probably why they hire you, right? Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> I, like I'm talking to a lot of uh, professionals in marketing, especially this is where we lean heavy on. And um, one thing that not necessarily all the guests on the show we've talked about, but a lot of people, we talk about hiring someone who can think for themselves and be able to react to any situation rather than blindly following orders. Like I'm not a designer. I have a little bit of understanding of what goes into design work, but I want to hire someone who's going to be able to take like the most basic instructions and be able to like fly with it. And I think if uh, that that's probably a good quality to have in a session musician as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cause you know, like a no one's going to be good at every orchestral instrument. Like you can have a basic understanding of it. Right. But you're never going to have the same understanding as someone who's played it for years and years and years. And most of the people sending me music have a basic understanding of woodwinds, but they're like guitar players or piano players or something like that. And so I'm, I'm just able to, to interpret what they want and then kind of take it to a next level. And like, I've had everything from like, a really really simple synth sound and they're like okay interpret this and i'm like okay well i'll give you like a couple different versions and you can decide which one you like to like really really detailed sheet music and everything in between and sometimes they just say here's another song and i liked this flute part can you write something that fits with my piece like it it really just varies greatly so you've been doing session work for for how long exactly couple years now two years or so maybe yeah. and have, have you found yourself like comfortable in um what you're able to charge people um and and being able to like negotiate on behalf of what is going to compensate you fairly yeah yeah totally like i've i've never had anyone turn down anything and 
the, the good thing to remember about negotiation is like if if you know first of all if you don't think it's worth it you can always turn down the project but if if it's a project that you want to be a part of and they're either on a budget or there's something else going on like there's always ways to negotiate fair compensation whether it's in I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say publicity because that sounds so dumb. But if, if you know, like if, if you want to if you want to retain rights to your music or you want to market for like royalties or something like that or, you know, like credits on a soundtrack or like, you know, there, there's so many different ways. It, it's a little more difficult as a session musician, but as a composer, there's lots and lots of ways that you can negotiate to compensate yourself fairly that don't necessarily involve money. You're, you're not part of a union or a guild, are you? No, no, no. Is that that's just not something that's in you know central Saskatchewan, you know uh, Canada? Yeah, I mean, I I haven't I haven't ever really delved into it heavily. Like I I know there exists a musician guild, and they've got pricing guidelines, and there's one heavily focused on teachers and things like that. I guess I I don't know. It's just something I haven't gotten around to yet. Different than what you're doing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, ultimately I've, I've never found that I've, I've felt unfair about the compensation. And like, I always negotiate the money right at the very beginning. And then that I I know exactly how much they're going to pay me. They know exactly how much they're going to pay me. There's no surprises at the end. And then that also lets me plan out, how much work I'm going to do with, with this particular project. So it, it sounds like you like kind of have that in the bag and yeah. you're very confident and that's, that's, that's awesome to see a lot of people. It's not even just musicianship or uh, this is goes across all spectrums of work and freelance jobs and even quoting for on behalf of like a company or something. So really great insight. Thank you for that. Um, now, now, like the one thing that I do want to touch on a little more is, so you've scored uh, soundtracks and video games, as you've said before. Um, I personally find myself like listening to a lot more orchestral or soundtrack or lyricless music. Like I got, I don't know if you know, Explosions in the Sky behind me, one of my favorite bands, the little record there. Um, it, it's entirely instrumental. It was used in the Friday Night Lights movie. Uh, not the TV show, although some of the stuff went over there. And I, I always just, I, I find that it puts me in a different mindset. Um, and obviously as a composer, that's a very different way to look at how you're constructing the music. You know, like, can you talk about that a little more? Tell me I'm full of shit or. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It's interesting because like every, everyone has a different thought process on this but my thought process is that composing for film and composing for video games are very different thought processes and I have a lot more difficulty composing for film which is why I've never done any film soundtracks and I've only done video game soundtracks and you know from there it's been kind of interesting because I really like to think of myself as like an orchestral fantasy composer most of the stuff that I've ended up doing and like the full scores that I've been doing, some stuff that's released, newly released, you know, kind of kind of all over the place. It's all been very synth and, and chiptuning music, which has been fun for me because it's not a genre that I was super familiar with. So I got to really, really dive into that, dive into a lot of the the technicalities of, of synths, how to make them sound really good, how to make them sound really interesting. And it's also been fun musically because a lot of the music that I've been writing has 
tried to as much as possible stay true to form as what like the original NES, SNES, uh, like chiptune cards would have been capable of performing and just being able to replicate that with just like a little bit of a, a modern twist and stuff has been pretty fun. I, uh, I I know you've uh, worked on a few games, but there's one that I know we can talk about because uh, uh, a friend of mine who's also going to be on the show as well, uh, Gallagher is the uh, designer of the game Mighty Chameleon Brothers, which you yeah. uh, scored, uh, which is awesome. I, I, I haven't played it, obviously, because it's not out, but it is coming out uh, when I talk to him in you know next month or so. So mid-July is what we're probably looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's coming out for free. So that's awesome that you mm-hmm. know, you're going to have some more work out there. You seem very happy and you're, you're kind of excited for that whole thing. I, I know this was a passion project because... Yeah, yeah, no, that was that was when I think the first score that I ever wrote. And that was like, years ago, that must be like three or four years ago now that I that I wrote that score. So it's kind of been put to rest for a long time. And you know, that's, that's the way it is with so many of these things, like, certain elements of getting a project out there just seem to take so long that you get really excited about it, you can't wait to share with and then you just kind of move on. And then Later on, it comes up and you're like, oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I did that. And now, now now, the rest of the world gets to hear it. Well, since that's your first score, was that used in a lot of uh, uh, like showcase of work for uh, practical work you've done on to get work? Is that Was that a good stepping stone? Yeah, yeah. So that, that one actually led to another Saskatchewan game, and which I believe there is either a trailer or a demo for it out on Steam. It's um, Queen City Chaos. Okay. That was also a very, very chiptune game, um, which I did all the soundtrack and sound effects for. Uh, so that one, you know, the Mighty Chameleon Brothers was able to kind of I was able to jump off of that, score this other game. Um, so yeah, a couple, couple different chiptune games, and then trying to think what else. Well, you're not pain- buttons. Sorry, you, sorry, you're not painting yourself into a corner with the chiptunes eight bit style, are you? I I, I hope not. You know, <laughs> I I hope not. But yeah. And sorry, you were mentioning the other ones. I cut you off there. Yeah, no, no, that's okay. Um, I think Brandon's Buttons is another game. I didn't do the whole soundtrack, but I've got a song in there in that game, and then. Um, I have also been working on some, it's, it's much more like ethereal synth stuff. So definitely not chiptune, but very much, uh, synth wave, a, uh, VR project out of California that's not out yet, but I will. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of been the latest, uh, exploration into synth music is that one. Well, and the fact that you're agile enough to, um, fall into these different genres, stuff that you might not necessarily be comfortable with, um, I think that's very cool that you're able to do that. You're able to go in and adapt and that that's probably a common trait for someone who's trying to be successful in music, right? Yeah. I mean, like you, you really need to be willing to, to jump in and have a really good understanding of like the nitty gritty of how music works and just kind of be able to dive in, understand the elements of a certain genre and just just understand how to replicate that in in your own style, your own way, and in a way that's going to work for whatever world building that you're trying to create. Mm-hmm. Awesome. 
Um, so, you, well, you said you haven't scored movies, but you have worked as a producer or um, a mixer on certain films, right? Yeah, I have worked as a sound designer on films. Mm, so okay. uh, I worked for Talking Dog Studios, which was one of the last studios uh, right. here in Saskatchewan for about two years before it closed down. So what I was doing there was a lot of Foley work and sound effects work. So um creating all of the sound effects that you you see and hear in the movies as well as mixing it into surround sound we did a couple vr films as well so i did a lot of um virtual reality mixing and that was when vr and vr audio was like very very new so it was it was quite an adventure that must have been a trip yeah yeah, it was because you know I I dove so deeply into this a number of years ago, and it it was a lot of work. And then earlier this year, when I when I started working in this other VR project, I was I was doing mainly music, but they wanted me to do a few sound effects too. And then I I went back and Logic had updated with a VR plugin, and it was just like night and day. Like the the amount that it had <laughs> progressed in just a couple of years was absolutely astounding and it's it's just such a breeze and, and such a beautiful workflow to work in now it's still a lot of fun i love i love 3d audio i wish i wish i had more opportunities to work in it we've come a long way since uh virage bands like i <laughs> i recorded my first song on uh windows recorder where you could just record a single track wave file and i used a really crappy like ten dollar mic and in order to get like a directional sound i taped a cone with paper around it and that actually came up with some cool sounds it was like oh, a very yeah. beach boy-esque like recording in a pool type of way yeah um it, are, are there any like you know because i know you're a huge nerd you play a lot of video games sorry to call you out here um are there any soundtracks that you just like love uh that kind of inspire you of uh, recent games or older games yeah i mean the the two games that i always name when it comes to like anything like story sound design soundtrack anything like that um two of my very favorites would have to be uh horizon zero dawn and then hellblade okay. um i just love both of those games on like every every single level and the um like the horizon zero dawn soundtrack especially is beautiful like julie elvin does the main vocals on that she's lovely human has the most beautiful voice and it's it's just really beautiful to listen to and just adds so much to the game. I think if I was to, I, I haven't played uh, Hellblade, but I, I have completed uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. If I was to like give it uh, any kind of attribution, I would say that it's like a less intense Witcher 3 soundtrack yeah. <laughs> in terms of like the folky aesthetic that goes behind it. Uh no, that's that's crazy. I was expecting maybe something like a little earlier from uh, 16-bit or 64 era. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can name some others that I like. And and to be perfectly honest, like I'm sure if you asked me the same question in 2 days, my answer would be different. It that's changes true. all the time. <laughs> well, if I if I'm going back to like things that I can recall like obviously the Doom soundtrack and what Mick Gordon has been able to do with that is awesome and that's so good <laughs> i know and that's a soundtrack that i like i bring into my daily life almost if i need something to pump me up and it goes back to having that um instrumental no music or anything because that, that's one thing too when i'm writing i can't have any lyrics if i have lyrics then it interferes in the words that i'm putting on the page or uh you know screws up my keyboard um 
so so that's always good and then the other one is the uh scott pilgrim game uh done by anna managuchi uh and that's a great one yeah, yeah I, I thought it was so crazy that they were like okay well you guys obviously make video game inspired music come make a music or game for a or sorry music for a video game uh and it was almost perfect right mm-hmm. yeah i know and it's 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 always neat to to see people who don't write video ga- game music regularly do it like there's another um there's a ubisoft game it's a little bit of a lesser known one called child of light and they mm-hmm. had a um quebec solo artist named Ker, uh Ker de Pirat. um and you know she she's just a solo artist but for whatever reason she did the soundtrack for that game and it's it's really beautiful yeah i, I know of her she's she's a really um great canadian artist um mm-hmm. worth checking out for sure uh, and it's, it's awesome that they were able to like extend that out. And, and there's a, a new life is strange. True colors, uh, was just announced. And I really wish I knew the name of the artist. Um, but she's, uh, they, they made it a big part of having her be the showcase of all the trailers and saying, I'm the singing voice of Alex, who it's obviously someone who's, uh, based in music, uh, in the game. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, she has a lot to do with music or singing i don't know anything about it we just saw trailers right yeah yeah um how do you feel about have you played last of us 2 uh i have not played the second one i've played the first one and it was very intense i'm not a horror person or like scary (laughs) games or anything like that so so i'm i'm gonna be perfectly honest here i had to like watch a watch a playthrough of the last of us too so like i know the plot i know i know everything that goes on and stuff like that i just i just didn't actually play through it myself so how how do you feel about the music um relaying into uh that game with pearl jam and um the the way the guitar works that's spoiling the game um how, how did you feel about how that whole concept was designed from like beginning to end with that song and the guitar yeah i mean like in terms of the guitar like that it to me it always almost felt like a pickup from the first game because the first game so much of the soundtrack was just this really really sparse guitar sound like there you know and that was kind of to me anyway that kind of signified like this barren landscape that they're walking through for most of the game right and to me that element of of guitar in the in the music and the soundtrack was very much picked up from the first game and then they actually you know wrote wrote it in more into the game and added it into more of the story element which i thought was really cool it it was cool that they picked up on those those really key themes of the music and just just went with it and implemented it even more into the story so i i think it was really cool yeah um i'm gonna uh, butcher this name but uh gustavo santa lala sorry (laughs) but he's he's the composer and he he's he's banjo and guitar and it's like mick gordon who's crunch and like really heavy sounds and um just finding those people that have their own little niches and uh cour de pere uh uh like having her do her own type of sound like i i think adding that in it's 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 something that needs to be kind of honed in on more like i think music in games and film is is very important mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely um so you uh you perform under the name ember belladonna and uh mm-hmm. you have released several sounds or se- several songs sorry on uh, your youtube including uh some music videos of you looking absolutely cold in the rain <laughs> uh 
we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But uh, so I wanted to talk about you, you know, filming, recording, and then how you promote yourself on these. Um, and how absolutely cold you looked during that recording. <laughs> no, I hate that you said that because it was, it was like horrible and so cold and I tried to hide it so well, you, much you, and clearly you, didn't do a good job of No, 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 it. it's, it's not that. You didn't look cold, but I was cold seeing what you were doing, oh, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's funny because like my, the guy who does all my film work, uh, Eric from Wicked Just Imagery, shout out to him, by the way, he's amazing. Um, sure. We, we, we always, we always laugh because um, like, I, I don't know, we, we've just been cursed that like, we always just, we, we have to book our filming days like weeks in advance and then it gets to that day and it's, always just horrendously cold or raining or something's going on and we just kind of have to power through well that's really interesting because i thought that was a conscious choice <laughs> so it wasn't no no like in, in in both of them we in you know when you when you're planning a film day and you've got a especially for my second video you know like we had um someone helping out on set and light and then we had like a makeup artist when you've coordinated all those schedules you've planned for weeks in advance like yep i know what that's you, like. you can't reschedule you have to just find a way to make it happen well it, it turned out cool because i honestly thought that it was it was like out in the scottish highlands where everything's wet regardless <laughs> right um so, so when when was that filmed like uh what, what time of the year yeah, so uh, Melda was filmed, I think, mid to end of October of last year. And then The Water Spirits was filmed in August. So that's even, those are when it starts to get a little chilly and the rain's still yeah. out there. And yeah. Oh my God. Well, awesome for you to power through that. <laughs> um, can you tell me about the uh, the music and the, the videos? Um, and then we'll get into a little bit more about how you're promoting that stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I think it it very much stems from this kind of this whole conversation we had talked about of, of just finding your own sound. Because um, like, obviously, I'm a flute player. I've been doing that for years. And I also listen to a lot of metal music. And I love a whole big variety of subgenres of metal, love folk metal. And I always thought it would be like really, really cool to try and fuse those things together and like you hear flute and tin whistle and like Scottish pipes and stuff and a lot of symphonic metal and a lot of folk metal and I just thought it would be really cool to try and find some ways to to make flute the feature instrument so like a, a sort of instrumental version of a lot of the music that I like like while also kind of trying to explore a sound that I really wanted to be uniquely me uh, so that that was kind of what stemmed me wanting to to delve into this solo project and um it's it's kind of all under one banner mostly just because i wanted to eventually find a way to to feed all of these things into one another and ha have my composing um fuel a lot of what i was able to do in my solo work and and vice versa and you know marketing myself as a solo artist has has been what's really fueled a lot of the session work that i've been able to get recently so it it all kind of feeds into each other and in, in terms of presenting yourself in that way and and the type of work that you put out people are able to to pick up on that and then um you know hire you for other things 
So doing uh, solo work, are you intending to, once everyone's got their second poke and things start opening up again, uh, do a, a couple of live performances or, or try to get yourself out there that way? Um, I'm, I don't know. Cause I, I wouldn't want to do a live performance right now. Like I, I don't work with a band or anything like that. I do, I do a lot of pretty much all the part writing myself and I wouldn't want to perform on my own. Um, I'm, I don't really feel like I would be set up right now to, to put on a stage show and everything. So it wouldn't necessarily be out of the question, but I have no immediate plans to to do. You'd have um, to prep a little more. Right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think I'm I'm focusing more on you know, still kind of exploring my sound. I'd I'd really like to start working towards like an EP or an album. I've got a lot of session work lined up for the next couple of months, so I think I'm I'm just gonna you know keep focusing on that. If the opportunity ever arises, you know, not out of the question, but no immediate plans. No, that's great. Um, what what kind of struggles do you find that you have like promoting yourself or just getting your stuff out there once it's done? You know, I think that's probably the hardest part is finishing it up. Oh, just social media in general is exhausting. <laughs> you know, like you, you can plan as much as you want, but like a huge a, a huge part of being on social media, you know, especially living in in a place that doesn't necessarily have a huge games industry you know like it's up and coming but we we definitely don't have the same type of like games industry or recording industry or anything that that some other places have so it's just a matter of being on there and interacting with people and in, in terms of promoting like a specific song or a specific release or something like that like when when we're filming the music videos I usually take that into account so we'll usually do like a photo shoot so I'll have tons of photos to to promote on all social media platforms like usually do one or two little teaser trailers some post teaser trailers and like you know just have have kind of every step along the way to to really just push whatever release is coming out in in a variety of different ways that just hopefully people's interest you uh you seem like you're learning each time you're doing something new Um, yeah yeah totally that's probably the appropriate way to do anything really you know like you diving into the vr uh mixing and you going and okay this is how i'm going to price my own session work and uh sounds like you're kicking ass so that's good to hear well thank you (laughs) um so yeah, I guess that's all the questions I had now and uh, I appreciate you being on. Do you want to promote anything else you got going on or I'm going to have a lot of links down below. So uh, anything that you're going to talk about now or, you know, beyond, I'm going to put in all the uh, link descriptions as well, but you have the floor. Go ahead. Talk about what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so we talked about Mighty Chameleon Brothers already. So that's a really cool one. Uh, everyone can go look them up on social media. Um, another video game that I was really excited to be a part of is Airborne Kingdom. I'm not sure if you're into like city builders or anything or if you've played that yet. Um, it's a team out of Montreal. So I did session recording on the soundtrack. So I did flute for the whole soundtrack. I played on almost every every track. And I also played Bansuri, which is a bamboo flute. And so I did a lot of recording on the soundtrack. It's a beautiful soundtrack written by Paul Aubrey. And the game has actually been doing really well. Um, It was Epic Game Store exclusive. It was nominated for a BAFTA Video Game Award. It was just recently featured on E3 Indie. So it's been like really cool to see see the game um, just getting new heights and 
having been a part of that soundtrack. So that, that was a lot of fun. I definitely suggest people go check out the soundtrack, check out the game if they're able to. And yeah, if anyone's interested in my solo work, it's all on YouTube, Spotify, Bandcamp, all the normal places that you'd find uh, music. And then got a, got a couple cool things that I'm working on right now or that will be out in the near future. So uh, I'm most active on Instagram, so people can follow me at Ember Belladonna. Cool. Well, we're going to have all those links, as I said, below. Awesome. And if anyone's okay. watching, links are all there, too. Uh, so, yeah, I just really appreciate being on. And thanks for geeking out with me partway through, too. That was always fun. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. I'm I'm always down to talk about video games and, and music and sound design and anything, really. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again. And have a good rest of your week. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye.